on this week's episode of Polk and Kush, the Pelicans came back to life. And here we stand ready to talk about them. And Zion Williamson is an all-star. We've also got the Saints offseason. We've got Polk news. We've got overrated. We've got underrated. We've got warning labels on cartoons. We've got everything. Stick around and we'll be right back. Polk and Kush. Welcome everyone to Poke and Cush. It's February 23rd, 2021. I am Scott Kushner alongside my good friend, Mr. Andrew Polk. Hey, hey, glad to be here. What's happening, sir? You know what? My head, more stylish than ever. No, it's beautiful. Dude, how sick are people of us talking about the hats? <laughs> They'll be like, guys, can you talk about the Saints for the love of God? Can you leave it alone with the hats? We're like Billy Mays out here just promoting <laughs> just promoting material all day. We're just infomercial rats at this yeah, point. Yeah, we're getting Flex Seal next week with the Polk and Kush <laughs> logo printed on it. You guys are going to love it. Uh, thanks so much for buying hats. We did like an Instagram story. We've uh, you know posted all of your personal photos you sent to us. Yes. I like Jansen. You know, Jansen, he went to the game with the Polk and Kush hat on. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's a bold move. Bold move. Glad they did not arrest you and throw you onto the ground. There yes. was also a Pelican staff member that wore a Polk and Kush hat. Yes, indeed. They are trying to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, we, we are causing internal conflict wherever we can. Friends of the show all over. Uh, no, but seriously, the, the hat response has been great. Thank you to everyone who bought them. Uh, I think I've dropped everyone's off. If there's anybody who needs another, I believe uh, we've got another shipment that we're thinking of doing uh, due to response. So if you are interested, please uh, let us know. Email polkandkush at gmail.com. Yeah, we're doing a light pre-sale right now because we posted all the photos and everyone's like, oh, that's great. I want one. And we're like, well, we don't. We don't have any. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> it was all of them. Yeah, it's like once I started handing out the T-shirts to various homeless men all over uh, <laughs> the New Orleans area. No, we ended up we have very few T-shirts also. Uh, so thanks to everyone. Uh, we do appreciate all the support. It is definitely the best way you can support us. That, or if you know uh, anyone who works with Amazon and you get them to sponsor the show, that'd be cool, too. That would also help. I do know someone that works for Amazon Web... Well, I don't, but it's my ex-girlfriend's husband. He works for Amazon Web Service. You think they he's just making... signed a contract with the CIA. I'm going to be dead soon. He's, he's going to pull up the DMs or whatever. That's going to be great. It's like, wait, you're still... What are you... Wait, what? Uh, yeah, so, you know, if you know Jeff Bezos, just have him shoot us a line. Yeah. Our rates are affordable. We already gave you the not, email. Yeah, not for him, but he'll think they're affordable. Yeah, he doesn't know. He doesn't He's know. a very Lucille Bluth. What does a banana cost? $3,000? <laughs> sure thing, Jeff. <laughs> That's the best in the succession. Where they're, they're, how much is a gallon of milk? Like, well, why would we ever get a fucking gallon of milk? 
I won't believe that Jeff Bezos is a success until he brings back the Supersonics. That's a very good point. That's they've got to be getting a team, right? They're got that arena. They've got a WNBA team, and they've got a hockey team coming called the Kraken. Uh, oh yeah, people were uh, incensed about that logo online. This what happened? Is, it was just a logo that came out. You remember people were mad at the Pelicans logo? No. People are just bored. Yeah, I remember people being mad at the Pelicans' first mascot, who ended up they did gritty before gritty. Yeah. And they screwed it up because they switched it. They would have been like this popular creepy mascot, whatever, and instead they just switched it. But I guess they still have King Cake Baby, so he they kind of go with like, that. He looked like Sweetums from the Muppets. He was I, terrifying. I literally watched children in our section cry as he walked by them. He Me was too. horrifying. It was like this weird green. Yeah, it was oh, oh, scary. Pierre was quite a sight. They should bring him out every now and again, though. That suit is hanging around somewhere. Maybe it's up to us to find it. Yes, we'll make that happen. Um, now we're the scary mascot for the Pelicans. We are the scary mascot because we can't make up our minds what this team is. And you know what? They can't they make can't up either. their damn minds. Uh, I was pretty much ready to throw in the towel on them again. Uh, about halfway through or a little after halftime of that Boston game, they're down 24. Midway through the third quarter, they're getting outworked. They're giving up tons of points to a mediocre Celtics team uh, at home. After losing five of six, it was like it did feel like end of the rope territory. And all of a sudden, they rode Zion's back. They've started playing with tempo. Boston missed some shots, and all of a sudden you end up with uh, the biggest comeback in franchise history. And I think it was an inspiring type of performance based on the fact that the two guys who you need to lead this franchise going forward are the two guys who made the biggest shots down the stretch. Lonzo Ball, Nicolo Melli. <laughs> yeah, we all know. We've yes. read the blogs. You know, it was really two sides of the same coin because – how long ago was it that it was the worst fourth quarter? I know. In not just Pelicans, but NBA history. It was a nice um, turnaround. Yeah. And uh, there were some surprising players in there. It was nice to see Josh Hart. Mm -hmm. Josh Hart is not a surprise anymore. I hate to break it to you. No, I think the Pelicans screwed up not extending him. I think he's having a, a more impactful season than they probably thought. And I think he's going to command more money than they probably expected in the open market. Yeah, and uh, the way he's playing, he absolutely deserves it. Yeah, he's he is uh, one of the few guys who his give-a-shit meter is always turned up. Uh, you can feel that vacillate a lot with a lot of other players on the team. Josh Hart, despite them being down by 24, was kind of always going. And that, I think, does mean something. On a team that lost a fourth quarter uh, 41 to 12, 41 to 12 is what they lost the fourth quarter to Phoenix to. That shows that you have some guys who give up at some point that they at least, if nothing else, uh, they feel the avalanche coming down and they fall with it. You need players who don't do that. Josh Hart uh, among the type of guys who aren't going to do that. So I think that is important and it does speak to like, hey, maybe this guy should be starting. Maybe you need to get him into your finishing lineup and maybe in replace of Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, I think he absolutely needs to be in the starting lineup. And the only argument there that I've even heard is, yeah, but you need that spark coming off the bench. That's true. Why? Yeah. Why, though? <laughs> they need a spark at all. Yes. I would rather them have the spark at the beginning as opposed to in the middle 
with uh, these wild, rota- you know, these rotations are still changing. We saw Melly play that was 20 crazy. fucking minutes. It was crazy. Against the Celtics. It was like the last 20 minutes. It was like he became in like the start of the fourth quarter and just didn't come out. And it's not like he was doing anything particularly well. No. He just, they just didn't want to play anybody else. And Steven Adams hurt, so you don't have a lot of size on the bench. You cannot play Jackson Hayes. He is literally the worst player he's in the He's a liability. NBA. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's... the most liable player. <laughs> he's literally <laughs> out there just karate chopping and, you know, like this guy at some point just pulling out chainsaws. Like, I don't know what this guy's doing out there. He, he's... He, he cannot be trusted in any sort of big situation, so you couldn't play him, uh, and so you end up having to play Melly, and hey, you know, it worked out. I mean, It worked out. He stepped up and hit one three hit that one. I remember. He missed a lot of open yeah. ones, though. Shit. Um, he, what is with the white guy shooting this year? I know. We have had no white guy <laughs> shooting at all. <laughs> that was the whole reason you get the white guys. Man. The less and less I watch. Free throws, Yeah, true. <laughs> make free throws. The less and less I watch college basketball, the more you realize how much you lean on that little stereotype where you're like, you're watching a game. Everybody's completely anonymous to you when you watch a college basketball game and you see one white guy and he's standing open in the corner. You're like, guard that guy. Yeah. The, the only reason that guy's out here is because he can make that shot. That's Jimmer Fredette syndrome, I yeah. believe. He's like, unless he's 7'4", I promise you that guy can <laughs> shoot the crap out of the ball. You're you know? either Kyle Korver or Sean Brown. Bradley. Those are the two <laughs> white guys, and you got to pick one. <laughs> like, uh, like I know. I went to Tulane game. I was like, "That's the guy. Cover that guy." I was like, "I know he can shoot. I don't know anything about who any of these guys He's are." Gonna square up, elbows towards the basket, <laughs> hand right under. <laughs> He's gonna. Oh man. That, so I, I don't know where exactly we stand with this team uh, as we enter another week. However, it, it does not feel like they're forlorn and desperate. They played a bad quarter against Phoenix, but outside of that, you're like, this is who they are. They're a team that could very easily still get the number 10 seed, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Normal year, I'd be like, the playoffs are a pipe dream because they're expanded this year, and because you have uh, Zion doing what he's doing, you're like, well, yeah, they can put you know enough wins together to go you know, a little under 500 or a little over 500 the rest of the way. They're not that far back. This time last year, they had lost like 13 games in a row. It was pretty hard to climb out of that hole uh, and they had to get in the top eight. So they're in a very different position. It feels equally desperate to what that felt like last year, but it's not nearly the same. I think it feels as desperate because we were just more hopeful this season. That's probably true. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to go back to the original point, Josh Hart should be in the starting lineup yeah. to give us that energy from the get-go. If you were a deep team, if you even had, like, nine playable players, yeah. maybe I could see the Josh Hart coming off the bench argument. This is not the Clippers. This is not Lou Williams. No. This is not Montrez Harrell. Like, we don't... No, you need someone to play defense with that yeah. starting unit. Ingram, they're having to hide on defense most of the time now. They cannot have him guard the best player in their team. Lonzo very clearly cannot stay in front of the best guy in the other team most of the time. Uh, and they don't really have another ball stopper. And so you have to play Josh Hart with your best unit because otherwise, what are you doing? I mean, I think they they expected Eric Bledsoe to be that guy because he was second team all defense two years. Like, they thought he was Drew. He's not. I think that's made made abundantly clear. So it makes a lot of sense to play him with the starters more often. Uh, and maybe it'll get Bledsoe going, playing with the bench, and maybe him having the ball in his hands more. Well, is there a concern about Josh Hart playing the two since he's more of a wing, he's more of a shooting three? 
you know that that could be a potential argument for it. Yeah, I but mean, Josh, Josh Hart is what six eight. He's a rebounding guard. He's smaller than that. He's probably six five. Uh, I always had four. three inches. Yeah. <laughs> That's what. So do they. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's not taller than Zion. What's Zion? 6'5", you know, 6'4". Yeah. So either way, it's like, uh, but he doesn't need the ball in his hands, which is kind of the key. Like, he can go into the starting lineup because he doesn't require having the ball. And right now you've got Lonzo, Zion, and Brandon Ingram, all of whom initiate the offense at varying points. So to not have a guy like Bledsoe in there who kind of does command the ball does make a lot of sense and just put Josh Hart in that spot. He doesn't want to touch it. Neither does Steven Adams. Like, unless it's catch and shoot, he's good. So I, I think it does make a lot of sense, and it it's at least another wrinkle that you can add to a team that is definitely looking for that dynamic. And it's also, this is a team that is shooting for the 10 seed. You can play around. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, too. It's like, how low is the bar when you're like, oh, man, the 10 seed? It's like, well, you got to be better than, what, four teams in the West? Yeah, I mean, try try a different lineup every night. Oh, you're playing the Hornets? You, gotta, you, got, you have to win against the Hornets? Things aren't going that well. Hey, you lost the Pistons. You lost the Timberwolves. But it's like... Uh, okay, so you have to be better than the Timberwolves. They just fired their coach. You got to be better than the Rockets. They're a goddamn dumpster fire. Uh, James Harden quit on them, and now they've literally cut DeMarcus Cousins in the middle of the season. They're terrible. You got to be better than the Kings. The Kings suck. Someone on the Kings staff told me they suck. <laughs> so, Name names. Uh, and then you've got. Who is on the. Who's the coach of the Kings? Luke, Luke Walton. Walton. Yeah. They have <laughs> an assistant Luke, coach. Right? You might have an assistant coach you might have heard of. He coached here for five years. Oh, so. yeah. I forgot about that guy. <laughs> um, and, and who else is that? And then Memphis. So it's really between New Orleans and Memphis. Right? And then who else? I mean, Dallas, I guess, that, that's they're kind of in the mix, too. Like, I would assume Dallas will just kind of fly by Memphis Dallas and New Orleans. Dallas does not currently seem to be in the mix, but you can't count on a team with that much talent. Yeah. But I you know what I'm saying? You're not talking about a typical eight-seed yeah. race where, like, three of the teams are pretty good. And, like, they're not great, but they're pretty good. And they've got – like, you're talking about beating out four teams, and three of them are dog shit. So this is a very feasible goal for this team. Mm -hmm. And if they don't get it, they should be held accountable for it. Like this is a problem. If you're not if you're not good enough to get the 10 seed with this team being pretty healthy, uh, you got a problem. Do you think Pelicans fans are going to be satisfied with the 10 seed? Yes. And at, that's the at this point. I do. I think the fact that like they have been so bad and I think a lot of people have counted them out completely. And the fact that they're not going to be like. If they were to get any sort of postseason, they can spin that pretty easily into like, look, we played meaningful games. We got Zion into the All-Star game. Uh, B.I. is learning his role. There's a lot of ways to sell right. it going forward. If you don't get in the 10 seed, that's going to be really hard to sell. I know. And I had a uh, I had a very good like casual fan or I don't know. I just had a very good fan experience watching the Celtics game, I went to Beach Corner, mm -hmm. and it was the first bar. Um, I went and saw the uh, the first bubble game at a bar. Okay. No one, no one cared. <laughs> yeah. People were like, I'm outside. I'm terrified. Am I going to die? <laughs> Beach Corner, there's no regard for human life. No, if you're going in there, you're going to die anyway. <laughs> These people were cheering. It, it felt it was the first actual, like, cheering sporting experience I've had in a very long time, specifically for the Pelicans. And people there gave a shit yeah and it made me give a shit that's kind of weird 
And, you know, maybe it's because it was a national game. Maybe it's because yeah. these people were outside of their homes. <laughs> I mean, the, I think the afternoon start was nice. I got as many texts as I've gotten after a Pelicans win uh, in it since at least the playoffs. Man, six? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like very like uh, out of the woodwork people I know in New Orleans yeah. just randomly texting me being like, hey, way to go, pals, or whatever. I'm like, well, whatever. Like. I can't. I had that. Too. I think I'm the only person that they know that they know is watching the game. You know, like it's one of those like for a Saints game, they know everyone and everyone's watching the Saints. Like for a Pelicans game, it's like who all else is watching this game? It's like oh Scott, Scott's watching this game. He's the only person I know that watches the Pelicans. I got the same thing. My friend, I've mentioned him on the show before. The liquor, the liquor store owner <laughs> from Los Angeles texted me. He's like, dude, biggest comeback. <laughs> Uh, hey, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it, I was watching it. It all counts, man. It's good to hear any enthusiasm about them. Uh, I think it is a very good sign um, that anybody gives a shit, frankly. Well, yeah, and uh, you know there were maybe fifteen people there, and it felt it felt like an actual fan experience. Mm-hmm. People were excited about it. I don't know if Zion being an All Star is going to add to that. Right, casual fans, I don't think give a fuck about no. the All Star game. But I do think what's going to help is the Pelicans upping. The uh, attendance. Yeah. So they're moving. They're at Saints levels now. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? They're at <laughs> 2,700 starting Wednesday night against the Pistons. They're going to have a lot of trouble selling that 2,700 because <laughs> uh, that is a very bad game uh, on a Wednesday night. And then I think their goal is to go to 4,000. I don't know at what point you could hear the fans a little bit uh, on Sunday. I don't know at what point it starts to be like, eh, this is a decent atmosphere. Like, it's not great. Like, it'll never be great. It's not a full house. But Pelicans games were never full to begin with. No. So it's not like it really is, like, uh, totally lacking. I think once you get anywhere around 3,500 to 4,500 fans, it's going to feel like an NBA That game. starts making a difference. And, yeah. You know, not all these guys played at Duke. A lot of them are used to playing for 3,000 or less fans. <laughs> yeah. And if you can hear them, I'm sure it does make a big difference. I haven't been to a game mm-hmm. since all of this, so I don't know yeah. how the noise levels are. I don't know if the crowds are getting drowned out by fake crowd noise. Yeah, or probably music. to a degree. But uh, I'm sure it does make a difference in the players actually looking up and seeing people there. Yeah. And 4,000 people in the Smoothie King Center is, is you know, it's nothing to sneeze at. No, and I think that's like a legitimate amount of people. Again, like most games in there were probably less than 8,000 yeah. actual bodies. In Just the closer proximity to one another. Exactly, and a lot closer to the floor. Uh, so I, do, I just, you know, I do wonder when it will actually be fun. Hopefully we can do like a Polk and Kush gathering sometime at the Smoothie King Center. I think that would be a lot of fun uh, to meet everybody and, you know, do something, put our masks on, wear our astronaut suits. This is sounding like the gathering of the Juggalos. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. The Tila Tequila will not be there. <laughs> um, however, I, I do find that there's a little bit of enthusiasm growing. Maybe it's just because there's not much else going on. Uh, but that is a good thing. And also a good sign for the Pelicans. Zion Williamson officially named an all-star, alluded to it a minute ago. Uh, that's That was one of the goals that we had said before the season is like, allow Zion to grow enough in his role that he can become an all-star. So that is a, a big box. I think it gets checked. Yeah. And he's a, uh, you know, I, I kind of find that the whose name he's a side thing is kind of boring for the most part with statistics. Yes. But all-star game, he's just, you know, alongside yeah. some legends and he's 
20, 21. Yeah. He's the fourth youngest, I think, maybe. It was, it was very, he's 20, so he's very Something young. Like There's that. not a lot of guys who've been in that mix, I mean, you know. You know, to have your name next to Julius Randle and Nikola Vucevic, <laughs> it's just like, this guy is going to be the next <laughs> Charles Barkley. Now, of course, it's a huge honor and he deserves it. Uh, Brandon Ingram, you know, his numbers don't lie either. Obviously, there's an excitement about having a new player yes. in the All-Star game. That's why Brandon Ingram got it last year and not this year, even yeah. though his numbers are better and comparable to other people on there. But that's not going to happen again. The, the future is Zion. It's going to be yeah. Zion from here on out. The Pelicans are 13 and 17. Yeah. Uh, unless You're not going to have two All-Stars. It's on very rare to get <laughs> two All-Stars. Now, I think the year... DeMarcus and AD both started one year when they had a losing record, which was really incredible <laughs> uh, right before Cousins got hurt. And, and so there's just like it is possible, but I there was no way Ingram. I, Ingram wasn't really even in the conversation. I think Zion has, has officially kind of taken that mantle of the face of this team that this is going to be the guy who they kind of lean on. He is going to be their all-star year in, year out. The same way that Anthony Davis was and the same way that Chris Paul was. Other guys made the team every now and again, but for the most part, it was. There was an all-star you could count on every year, and I think that's going to be Zion. Yeah, me too. And I, uh, I hope that Zion's words start uh, kind of reflecting his uh, place that he's cementing in the game. Yeah. You know, he was you know talking about like what a – how much you learn from Nicolo Melli, <laughs> dude? You listen to that guy. You learned from no. What did you learn? <laughs> Cooking? How to speak Italian? <laughs> yeah. Mamma mia, Zion. Come on. Just say like, yeah, this guy was in there, and I won the game around him. <laughs> I mean, Zion. That was a. That was one aspect of his game that we had never seen before. He with the game on the line, last. 30 seconds of the game, they need a bucket, they give the ball to Zion, he bulldozes through Tristan Thompson, gets an and one. Now they end up having to go to overtime anyway, but the fact that he was able to get that bucket, just give him the ball and let him go to work and score, that speaks volumes about where his game has evolved to. Well, I think that was probably also a, hey, you fuckers, I could have done this against the Blazers. <laughs> could have done this against anybody. Two Two shots on the last possession. I don't even see the ball. Yeah. That, that was Zion going, all right, guys, this ain't going to happen again. Yeah. yeah. Give your best player the ball. That is a good strategy. Uh, I think it's very clear Zion is their best player. Zion has been incredible. Uh, the team, you would think, would be able to use that as sort of a springboard. Uh, so a lot of a lot of interest. We'll keep talking about it. Uh, we will also, though, however, pivot to the Saints. Talk a little bit about their offseason. Of course, we've got all your favorite segments coming up after that. So please stick around right here. Polk and Kush. Jansen. You know what that name means. It means integrity. It means confidence. It means a man who bought 12 hats. <laughs> Jansen Patagna. Jansen Patagna over at French Quarter Realty. 
J underscore Patagna on Instagram. J was Jansen at FQR.com. That's his email. This man sells to call them homes would be uh, it wouldn't be doing justice. These are castles. These are mansions. These are places where you can learn who you are, learn to love and learn to be free. (laughs) Jansen, you've got to start sending us copy for these ads, because otherwise this is what we're going to say. We're just going to ramble like lunatics. Jansen Batagna, he's a very cool guy. He's a realtor in New Orleans. He has killer properties. They sell out constantly. I can't every week. I'm trying to read an address and then I look at, oh, it sold immediately. Yeah. Oh, he immediately sold it. This is a great time to buy a house. Uh, you can live in it. <laughs> so I think, what are the benefits of a house? Oh, you can live in it. I guess that's most of it. Yeah, and it's a good time to sell a house because a lot of people are buying. Uh, the interest rates are super low. There's tons of stuff kind of going in and out of the market. Just freaking email Jansen. He knows what he's doing. We don't know what we're doing. We have both are horrible at everything yeah. else we do except for this podcast. I'm sleeping in a pop-up camper outside of a Denny's. <laughs> that should Jansen should change his slogan to Jansen, buy a house. You can live in it. You can live in it. <laughs> buy, buy a house. Please, we uh, cannot uh, thank Jansen enough for his support uh, of this show. And uh, please, just if you ever have any realtor needs, just call him. Just email him. He uh, obviously knows what he's doing. Two, two uh, listeners of the show have worked with Jansen, and they've said he uh, <clears throat> is easy to work with. He has integrity. He didn't give him a lot of mumbo-jumbo. And they were able to find a place they actually wanted to live. No BS, no nonsense, cool guy, normal person. Go buy a house from this man. Yeah, I don't really know what else we can say. It's like, <laughs> oh, here's a realtor that's not a piece of shit. Congratulations. Like, Jansen's fantastic. He's going to be great. You remember? You Pick remember, up the phone and call him. You remember that Saturday Night Live sketch where Adam Sandler was like, please. And then Chris Farley was his dad. Like, <laughs> just tell the boy. You know, that's what I feel like with Jansen. Just call him. Just call him. <laughs> Just buy a house from Jansen. <laughs> so that's what's that's what's happening there. Perfect. J uh, underscore Patagno on Instagram. Find him. Absolutely. We'll have the link in the show description as well. Uh, one other group we need to give a shout out to for their support. Mm. The Denver University lacrosse team. The Pios. We are huge fans of Denver lacrosse. Our good friend of the show, Brandon McNeil, sent us some gear. We love Denver. They are number nine in the country. They are kicking some ass. They are uh, the official lacrosse team, West Coast lacrosse team of Polk and Kush. I am wearing a lacrosse helmet from the University of Denver right now. (laughs) D-U lacrosse. Look them up. uh, And if you have to like a lacrosse team. Make it Denver. Dude, I think it's a privilege to like a lacrosse team. That's a good point. Especially if you, you know, like shorts (laughs) and white guys. (laughs) If you like long hair, white gentlemen, and brutality, lacrosse is your sport. Yeah, you're going to love Pantera and (laughs) lacrosse. 
Denver lacrosse, everybody. Buy a house from them, too. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, all right, so that'll uh, take us into the next part of the show, which is talking about the Saints. Uh, this is keeps getting a little bit shorter every week of what's talking about the Saints. There's not much going on. Uh, probably the most interesting news of the week, not, not the biggest, but the most interesting news of the week, Zach Streif, who has been the radio voice uh, of the team for the last few years since Jim Henderson retired, has decided he's going to step away from the play-by-play duties and be an assistant offensive line coach, which a position that I didn't know existed. Assistant. Assistant OL offensive coach. line coach. Well, you know, he's got to work his way up to the top. You got to start somewhere. How much does he know about the offensive line? <laughs> he's only done it for his entire life. I mean, come on, guys. Just let him in. It's it's not nepotism. Just give him the position. <laughs> he's going to be fine. Yeah, I, uh, I think that was an interesting move for him, uh, I guess. And then he said, you know, in an interview, it was like, I don't even want to do coach i didn't want to do coaching and then all of a sudden his mind changed so my guess is he just realized that doing media kind of sucks yeah he was on the radio which yeah. is you know a glorified version of podcasting <laughs> yes yes it's a, it's a it's like podcasts if you got paid <laughs> and had health benefits radio anybody can do it a podcast you have to buy a microphone <laughs> Yes, a uh, radio. Somebody else owns the microphone that you're talking into. Now you said I had no idea he was the voice of the Saints on the radio. There you go. So that shows just how big the reach is for radio. I found myself. So I used to listen to Jim Henderson a lot, uh, and I find myself in the car pretty routinely during Crying. Saints game, <laughs> just like doing random stuff, especially during Saints road games. And he definitely like wasn't experienced at it and was getting better. But at the same time, like it was obviously not his first love was to do radio. He played in the freaking NFL for like 10 years. So him doing play by play, I think, was very challenging. I think the next guy they go get uh, will probably be someone with a lot more experience uh, in that regard. I would at least I would think me. Yeah. Polk just just mother effing into the same yeah, like, oh, Some guy just uh, ran down the field. Uh, I don't know what team he's on. Where are the drugs? <laughs> Up next. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, I can't believe you really didn't know he even did the radio. No, no clue. <laughs> I've never listened to a Saints game on the radio. Ever? I don't believe so. You've just never happened to be in the car? In I'm the of the always game? in front of a TV. <laughs> For the entirety of the game? <laughs> what a charmed life you live. So like, oh, go get the medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not listening to AM radio on Sundays. Uh, you know, I wake yeah. up five minutes before the noon game. <laughs> I put it on. I f- figure out where I am. Yeah, so I, I'm... You know, on this podcast, we're Todd Graffinini fans, of course. Yeah. The Graff. And uh, hopefully he gets the gig. I think he would be great at it. uh, No doubt about it. So hopefully uh, everybody will push for Graff to get it. He's obviously uh, the most entertaining broadcaster that I've been around. Our good buddy Joe Cardosi produced him for many years. and I think Mm -hmm. still kind of produces him uh, for the Pelicans. So uh, definitely we are unabashed graph homers here on the Pokemon Kush. Yeah, graph all the way. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do with that spot. That'll be kind of interesting thing graph to watch. Graph and Polk, that doesn't have a good ring that to it, though. not going to work no. as well. I don't think it's going to work as well. No, you'll have to stay with that. Um, okay, the other rumors that are moving about are a whole bunch of old guys who the Saints... Saints love old guys. The, they love to churn the room. Mark Ingram, come on. 
Yeah, this is the rumor mill that's going on of who the Saints can pick up. And I guess it's because the Saints have no money. And therefore, the idea is like, well, maybe somebody will take a discount thinking they can be on like a good team. Uh, I don't think any of these guys. So Mark Ingram, Jimmy Graham, J.J. Watt. There's all kinds of guys who are like kind of on their last leg. Uh, I don't know if any of those guys would work. Well, you know who else is an old guy on his last leg? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> a one Mr. Drew Brees. It is remarkable he still hasn't announced that he's retiring. How many days has it been? I mean, the season ended a month ago? At least a month ago. For the Saints, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's been a minute that he could very easily announce, and instead he's like, Doing cameo. He's doing TikToks with, you know, Bobby Schmurda. <laughs> he's, he's, he's doing cameos he's doing where cameo he's like, for... congratulations, Julie, on opening the bakery. That'll be $400. <laughs> it's like $750. It supposedly goes to his foundation. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it's like 800 bucks for like 30 seconds of Drew Brees being like, great job doing software sales. You did it. I saw one cameo, and it was just very basic. You know, it was like, happy birthday, and, uh, you know, tell your dog uh, wishes to have a good one. <laughs> and it well, he, was in a, he was in a parking lot of a grocery store it's while incredible. he was doing this. It's just incredible. This guy has made, like, $200 million. He paused for 20 seconds during the video to just drink a smoothie. He's like, yeah, it'll be 700 fucking dollars. <laughs> Dude, how much money do you... Uh, it's going to the foundation. Yeah, all the hats are going to the Polk and Kush Foundation, too. <laughs> it's going to clothe my children. Uh, yeah, I just... I, I mean, it, it's odd that he is doing all of this washed-up, retired... Yeah, it's you know, like he, very Farvian. It's like a lot of endorsed posts and a lot of just, like, his social media presence. And all anybody wants to know is, like, are you retiring? And instead, his answer keeps being like... You can save $15 on car insurance <laughs> if you follow this link and put Houdat15 on it. Yeah, when you go to Hims, put in code DREWB <laughs> for 15% off. Okay, Drew, I'll do that. What's the status with the team? Tell me, are you quitting? It's like everyone will just is just waiting for the little coronation of like, okay, now they can go look for a quarterback. And is he is he just waiting? Okay, Brady Mania died down. The GOAT talk is done. Yeah. But is he waiting for the other AAA trades and quarterbacks to get out of the way? That's, I don't know. Because, you know, Phillip Rivers kind of came out of the gate and was like, all right, I'm retiring. And I was like, all right. He had half a day of just like, <laughs> oh, your amazing career. All right. Well, we're on to something else. Is yeah. he just trying to wait to soak it in more and have I himself be the news cycle? I can't. That's what I kind of thought before, but that's not. I mean, it can't be slower than it is now. Or is he coming back? Yeah, I think in his head he'd like to come back. I think it would. It requires a level of like common decency, common sense, whatever you want to call it. Like, hey man, uh, we watched you play, and you're done. Now he might think that he was just injured, uh, but he's going to keep getting injured because he's old. Because he's old, and he eats eggplant, unlike Tom Brady, <laughs> and that is the problem. If you don't, if you you have to. One of two things. You can either eat eggplant and you get old, or you don't eat eggplant and you never get old. That's the nightshade diet. The man. nightshade diet, man. The TB12 method. Uh, if only Drew had known about the eggplant parmigiana 15 <laughs> years ago, uh, we'd have had a whole a whole new set of rings to go over. Well, I, I, you know, 
I could. I was going to say I personally don't. I'm basing that off nothing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my conversations with the team. No, no, no. The memes I've seen have pointed in the direction of Drew not coming back. Yeah, all the ones at the Capitol. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so, you know, the Saints have not done much. We will get into, at some point, like, what direction they're going to go in. I heard somebody today say, like, this could absolutely be a Super Bowl team next year. It's like, I uh, they haven't been a Super Bowl team in 11 years. I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl team now. Like, I don't think they're getting any better. Uh, so there's a lot of thought of, like, are you going to bring this group back together for another year? Do you break them up in order to save money? And all of those questions, none of them are really getting any closer to getting answered right now. Uh, there's just this weird limbo period because the Saints are in a period of transition that hasn't started transitioning yet. It's a very odd calm before yeah. the storm that we don't know. I think they're still talented enough that if they were to keep the group together, they could win the division again. But it's pretty obvious they've topped out when it comes to, like, they're not ever going to be a team that is going to win the Super Bowl with this group unless you catch lightning in a bottle for a month, you know, which is possible. Yeah, I mean, you know, a, a lot of those Super Bowl qualms, uh, not to sound like a Saints tinfoil hat guy, but yeah. a few of them certainly are, you know, luck of the draw. Sure. Not necessarily team-based, not necessarily play-based. I, I think an interesting aspect of that argument is the Saints are not getting better, but they're getting rid of their bad old quarterback. Yeah. So yeah. how does that really make sense? I know the team is changing around it, but I think the opportunity is there for the Saints to stay as good as they have been, yeah. honestly. Potentially. Who knows? Uh, anyway, we'll get into it in future weeks. We'll keep talking about it. Uh, but for now, we will have Polk News. We've got overrated, underrated, the worst. So do not go anywhere. The fun part of the show is coming up, so stick around. We will be right back. Polk News. Polk News, the most informative part of the show, I think. Um, let's start off with uh, some good news. There's a funny thing. Miles Turner uh, and the Pacers lost to Chicago, and a Pacers fan repeatedly sent Miles Turner a Venmo request for $100 <laughs> that I suppose he lost on like FanDuel about the game. Yeah. This, that's a funny thing to do that I don't think has been utilized very much. I had a friend, he won a million dollars on a slot machine. Holy crap. And I Venmo requested a million dollars from <laughs> or whatever the max is. Just like, give me the money, Josh. Give it to me. I'll take it. That's a funny thing. But Miles Turner, originally, he gave it back to him. He, uh, he, he Venmoed the man one cent. And he said, <laughs> you know, thanks for your thoughts. Here's a penny. <laughs> But this went viral, and then people started, Miles Turner's from Dallas, people started Venmoing Miles Turner money because he was donating it to uh, Texas Relief from the oh, uh, cool. crazy snowstorm. And he raised a whole bunch of money, and uh, that guy who uh, made the original joke is in prison. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> he's getting treated like a child rapist in there, too. Yeah, he's done for. Um We'd mentioned the Super Bowl, you know, it happened three weeks ago at this point. But I, this story caught my eye. Uh, 
the honey badger from LSU. Yes. He likes to talk a little shit. He's a fan of that. Tom Brady, he likes to talk a little shit, too. Also a fan. Uh, they were jawing each other during the Super Bowl. We all saw it. Uh, one thing that I did not see, because it was deleted immediately after it was tweeted, Tyron Matthew tweeted that uh, Tom Brady called me something I won't repeat. Mm. A little Miles Garrett situation going on there. Really? And then uh, people pointed out that Tom Brady was mic'd up for the entire Super Bowl. <laughs> Getting broadcast by yeah. Nickelodeon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> NFL Films has all of that from every Super Bowl ever. He called me something I won't repeat, but yeah, I'll let all the media throw me under the bus as if I did something or said something to him. Go back to my previous games against TB12. I showed him nothing but respect. Oh, God. What? These guys always talk about respect like everything is fucking Scarface. <laughs> it's like you're playing a game children play. I also have to think they like don't actually hear what the other guys are saying 90% of the time. It's got to be it's so, it's loud. so loud. There's so much stuff going on. Like You can't possibly understand everything that's coming out Like as guys are walking the other direction from you. I think they, you know, they're all a little nuts to be a professional athlete Absolutely. anyway. And so I, I do think that's like... I heard something that sounds like this, and now I'm definitely taking this as being like, oh, you called me the worst thing you could possibly call me. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I don't know anything. You but. know, there, maybe maybe, maybe the honey badger is an old-fashioned fellow, and he thinks, you know, being called a goofus <laughs> is the worst thing. Did you just call me a, a jackaninny? <laughs> Certainly you did not call me a nimrod. A no, cotton-headed ninny muggins. Yeah. There's there there's uh, implications there that are fucked up and crazy. Yeah, and, and Tyron immediately deleted it and then didn't respond to it. Because uh, I mean, again, like you, you can think you heard something, but you, if the NFL had had that during Dude. the Super Bowl on a mic'd up Tom Brady. There he, might have been some burials of it, but it would have gotten out somehow. Oh, yeah. I mean, nothing nothing is secret anymore. Everything no. gets hacked. Everything yes. is out. Like, this is fucking crazy. Tom Brady did not respond, which I'm sure is the best way to do that kind of thing now. And uh, everybody forgets about it. Yeah. Except for this podcast. Yeah. I'm blazing in history. We got gotcha. you. We got gotcha, you, Honey Badger. You know, he also uh, he hates the nickname Honey Badger. Because he uh, he saw that you know that YouTube yeah. video where it's like the honey badger don't give up he yet. yeah he had homophobic remarks about why he did not like the honey badger nickname that was a I, while ago I'm we, thinking, well right? yeah, yeah okay but I'm well good know, he's grown since then yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean he's definitely it seems like a a good guy now and at LSU he seemed like a troubled guy yeah. put it that way well uh, speaking of troubled. There was a video that went viral this week of a child roasting Cam Newton at his own fucking uh, uh, training camp. Did you see this? No. Cam Newton was doing like a seven on seven, like, you know, inner city youth kind of like, a, you know, he's doing a good thing. He's teaching yeah. kids how to play football. He's an MVP. He won the Heisman. He won a championship at Auburn. This kid is roasting him saying you're going to be broke. You stink. <laughs> no one wants you on their team. You're a free. He kept yelling free agent, Adam. Oh, that's so good. And Cam, Cam is just there, <laughs> like helping these kids. You know, he's handing out Christmas hams. <laughs> just he's teaching these kids how to throw a 60 yarder. Just and this kid crushed. is just fucking crushing them. 
I don't know what started it. And the kid, can you imagine this kid's dad? Oh, no, that's got to like, be. Like, oh, you, you want me to fight Cam yeah. Newton? The O'Doyle rules. <laughs> O'Doyle rules. Well, a lot of NBA uh, NFL players jumped to uh, Cam's defense saying like, hey, this is fucked up. Kids need to learn respect. Yeah. Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan said that. It's like, do you remember when you sent a bottle of your own wine to Cam Newton because you like gave him a concussion? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's Cam Jordan needed people to learn about respect. Cam Jordan talks so much crap, everybody. Dude, the, the term respect in sports is just very silly. It's like this is a game and yeah. you're the term respect, everybody just watched Scarface at the age of twelve and they're like, I need respect forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, then I don't know. Maybe. Sure. But anyway, Cam Newton, uh, his response was just that I'm very, he kept saying over and over, like, I'm very rich. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> That's fantastic. Anything else or is that it? That's pretty much it. All right. That was Polk News. That takes us into your favorite part of every single week on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, segments. Overrated. Underrated. Yeah, baby, yeah. What do you got for us this week, Kush? I'll start with overrated. Uh, mixing it up online. The old social media back and forth. Used to think it was a lot of fun. It was pretty spicy. It was a mm. good time. This week, I got into a, a tete-a-tete with uh, Del Demps's wife. No, no. A former... General manager of the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I did literally nothing. I, I said, that. I said, not exaggerating, that Magazine Street is the most inefficient thoroughfare in America, which is true. We can debate the term thoroughfare. That I'll take <laughs> as an argument, okay? She jumps in out of nowhere to then say that I am a miserable person with a miserable life. Mm, well. <laughs> <laughs> like, Whoa, all right. We're going there. Okay, hello. I didn't mention her. Her name was nowhere near it. Somebody she knows wrote something, and so she saw my name, and she was like, I, I hate this guy. So she jumped in there, and I was like, all right, well, my life's great. Thanks. And she's like, no, it's not. You are miserable. You're a miserable person because you tweet negative things. It's like, what are you talking about, lady? I'm great. Everything's good. I'm happy because I tweet negative I, yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is social media is what we do. We complain. I didn't remember exactly what I said, but regardless, her response to that, and I was like, look, if you're so happy, I don't know why you're jumping on here to just shit on me. I didn't do anything to you. I didn't do, well, at least lately. I didn't do whatever. I was like, I'm not the reason that your husband traded a first-round pick for Omar Ashik, okay? That's not my <laughs> fault, all right? I am not the reason that, you know, you managed to have an all-star that you could get to the playoffs uh, once with Anthony Davis. That's not my fault. So please, I didn't say any of that. I just said, yeah, you're just saying it now. <laughs> I just said, please leave me alone multiple times. Uh, and her response keeps being that I am a miserable person. I was like, look, if you're so happy, that's great. But why are you spending your time doing this to a person that has nothing to do with your life? And she was like, oh, I have many million reasons to be happy. And I was like, Cool. So you're rich and being mean to me. This is very <laughs> what a wonderful person you are. What a fantastic way to spend your day. So that was kind of where I went. 
And that was an overrated experience because I had a lot of people texting me like, Jesus Christ, what did you do to Anita Demps? I was like, I, nothing. I was like, I don't know. She uh, hates me. And uh, that was it was funny because, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't care that she hates me. It was just a very overrated thing that like a lot of people are texting me about. Yeah, it this. sounds like you don't care about it at all. Five <laughs> minutes into your breathless rant. <laughs> it's like, I don't like I know you hate me. You hate me more than anybody in the world. Why is hates she me, following apparently. you? I, she said she doesn't, but she's responding. Well, she uh, okay. She also talked shit about somebody because somebody like retweeted a picture of a hat, and she was like, "That hat's stupid, you idiot!" Or you know, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> I was like, "This is insane." I was like, she's this is on it. Legitimately, like a bizarre thing that's occurring. And I used to, I enjoy mixing it up online, but it's overrated in the fact that like I had many people texting me like, "Damn, what did you do to me?" I was like, "Nothing." And everybody thinks you that simply I did said something. the magazine was a shitty street. I didn't even say it was a shitty street. I said it was inefficient. That's correct. Yeah, it's not even wrong. It's just like it's so mixing it up online. Overrated. Anita Demps. Leave me alone. That's all I'm going to say. Just yeah. leave me alone. I'll agree. I, <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. Leave me alone. All right. Mr. Polk, what you got? Overrated. The post office. <laughs> <laughs> do people think of do people rate it highly? I think people rate like the ability to put a package in a mailbox and it goes somewhere highly. Okay. You know, people I think respect postmen and women. Yeah. The, so you're saying the post office is the postal service. Fuck man. The whole, yes! just the <laughs> We are gonna drill this down <laughs> to its direct definition. I'm going to go with the Postal Service. Okay. All right. People in service of the post office, not overrated. I love the post office. Servants. Postal service. Look, I went to mail out these fucking hats. <laughs> the lady, you know, she put out her cigarette. She's mad that I'm there. She had to unlock the door to let me in, even though it's 2 p.m. She's like, I'm on third lunch. What are you doing? <laughs> these pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, every time I go to the post office, it's just like, what is happening? Yeah, you hand the th you take the you take the package there and you hand it to them, and they're like, "Do you need a stamp or not?" And people will just stare at the ground and think about everything that's, <laughs> that's ever amazing. happened to them. You can like see the flashback occurring in their head, you know, like in a, in a sitcom. These are people they like lost a husband in the Korean War, and now they just go to the post office to talk to somebody. They're not mailing a letter. They're just standing in line. <laughs> the whole postal service is fucked up, and it should be like an. You wonder why automation is taking over. It's because everyone is not doing their job. Yeah. I, I brought these hats and like, what is this? I'm like, this is a package. I'm mailing it. And they're like, oh, Jesus, where? I'm like, look at it. Look yeah. at the address on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wrote it down <laughs> for you. And then I'm dealing with this other goon. This guy in front of me, he wanted everybody in there to know why he was there. He's like, yeah, I have a very important check from New York coming. <laughs> So you could have just said, like, hey, I don't know where my thing is. He's I have extra large condoms. <laughs> <going>. <laughs> and then the after 40 minutes of deliberation between these two mind scientists, they realize that there is a winter storm happening. Yeah. And this man's magnum condoms are frozen <laughs> in Katy, Texas. 
And then I'm just sitting there, you know, holding some guy's hat for half an hour. My phone's ringing off the hook. Everybody at work's like, hey, you have to get back here and, you know, we have to whip you more and yell at you. I'm sorry I left. So the Postal Service. Yeah. We're going overrated. Overrated. That's fair. I enjoy the Postal Service because the guy just brings mail to my house. I don't have to go get it. I like that part of the Postal Service. <laughs> it's kind of nice. You getting a lot of mail? Who gets mail? I get. We get a lot of mail. Very little Letters? of it is. Yeah. No, very little From of Anita? it. From Anita? Yeah. <laughs> it's a magazine letter. Got out magazine letters. Yeah. Anita Kaczynski. You seem miserable. <laughs> Hashtag miserable was what she used, which was great. Uh, all right. So I will go underrated. Uh, underrated uh, going to games with children. I have had the pleasure of taking my two very small kids to a couple games in the last couple weeks for Tulane and UNO. And uh, you kind of forget the childlike wonder of what it is just to watch any kind of sporting event. Mm-hmm. And eat popcorn in a public setting. And that has like rekindled a love of sports. The idea of like, wow, look at these tiny people that aren't mad that things are happening uh, at the game. They're not screaming at a ref. (laughs) They're not pissed off at, you know, whatever the guy missed a shot. Like, it's just the idea that like, oh, I'm out of the house. There's people playing a game. Everybody's kind of relaxed. And we just hang out. And it's like you just sort of like as you get older, you just kind of forget about that. It all becomes very serious. And anything you go to, you want to be like a cool thing to go to. It's like there ain't nothing cool about going to a UNO or Tulane (laughs) game. But they're great. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of perfect. I'm glad that they're in the city. Uh, It almost makes me miss us having a minor league baseball team because I feel like I would have started to go into that this year. Oh, yeah. Could have gotten the pool. Oh, yeah. That would have been great. Uh, the what are they doing with that? Oh, they have a rugby team there now. Maybe I'll go to that. Well, we're only supporting the Denver. That's right, lacrosse, lacrosse team, <laughs> which right. is just better rugby. Yes, yeah, it's, exactly. it's rugby for it's lacrosse for America men, rugby. Yeah, that's. Uh, but yeah, I really uh, like. So you just like going and sitting in a place and giving your children candy. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I think like when's the last time you went to a live sporting event after this weird year? Like you probably didn't go to anything this year, huh? Uh, not this year, no. Last time I think was, uh, oh, I saw you at the Clippers, uh, no, uh, Pistons, Pelicans, when Derrick Rose hit the game winner. Wow, that was, yeah. like, that was about a, uh, yeah, it was like 12, 13 months yeah. ago. That's crazy. Like, don't you kind of just miss going to Absolutely, a stadium? I do. Yeah. That's why I'll be going to see them play the Pistons this Wednesday. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. See if we can make it happen again. There we go. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I do think the concept of uh, we get a lot we get very wrapped up in the results and all that stuff and just the idea of going and especially going with small children, uh, highly underrated experience. Yeah, and then when they try and throw you out for screaming at the rest, you go, "My kids are here." <laughs> it was him. <laughs> this three year old called you a douchebag. <laughs> what you got? Underrated Jim uh, during a pandemic. The. Uh, like an exercise gym? Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant a guy named Jim. Well, you haven't met him yet, <laughs> but I have some news for you. He's also under Me and Slim Jim. <laughs> we're moving to Amsterdam. He snapped into Slim Jim. <laughs> I, I just, uh, the best part about joining a gym is telling everyone that you joined a gym. For sure. I it's... mean, I've, you know, the cops are like, hey, your family's involved in an accident. I'm like, I joined a gym. <laughs> Did you put the bumper <laughs> sticker on your car? <laughs> 
No, the gym during the pandemic, I was worried. You know, I'm like, oh, this won't be safe. And it's not. No one there's wearing a mask. <laughs> it's palpable tension. <laughs> However, yeah, pretty empty. Yeah. I got my run of the place. You know, I'm a I'm a young buck, but I'm getting back into it, so I don't have all the confidence in the world. Yeah. But I got nine machines around me open. That's so nice. I'm out there, you know, doing my my toe touches and <laughs> with the, the Jack LaLanne uh, specials. I'm I'm on the Tony Little machine for a fucking hour. <laughs> uh, what do you use that mostly the gazelle? I like to use that. I like to gazelle for at least I actually an hour. bring it to yeah. the gym with me. <laughs> I've been having a blast in there. They got a shower. I don't have that here at the Bud Light Lime Studio. <laughs> call Jansen. <laughs> uh, Jansen will not take my calls. What's your machine of choice on the uh, at the old gym? I like to do a good thirty on the elliptical. Okay, for knee sa- saving your knees. Yeah, I I got I have bad joints from years. Do of- you do you sweat on the elliptical? That was my thing. Is like I would do thirty minutes of the elliptical. Like I wouldn't even sweat. Well, I'm uh, I'm wearing a hoodie while I do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing tra- the trash bag suit. A very puffy jacket. On. <laughs> I'm wearing the George Costanza <laughs> jacket while I'm on it. No, I sweat a little bit on it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. You know, I'm a svelte man, but I'm not in very good shape currently. So sure. I'm, I'm mostly working on that. I'm just trying to get back to where I can start smoking again regularly. <laughs> I just want to be able to walk up a flight of stairs. That's really the goal. <laughs> I don't have a favorite machine, but I do have a least favorite. I saw a guy and I thought I was like, this guy's just taking up a machine, not doing anything. And then I see he's doing like little toe pushes. Oh, God. It's a toe push machine. I guess it's for <laughs> your calves. Yeah. I, I used to do that. Uh, I, yeah. Do it at home. <laughs> you can just stand against the yeah, wall. You can just tiptoe. Just, you know, get the Ritz bits off the top shelf. <laughs> You don't need an apparatus. <laughs> I, I pay this gym membership so I can do calf raises. <laughs> oh, no, I agree that the gym is a, uh, a nice like it's a good way to break up a day, a week, whatever it might be. Uh, but they are the ultimate like the minute you get out of that habit, like when you go enough to where you start feeling OK about yourself and then you stop going for like, I don't know, a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. uh you just lose it completely, and then it's too hard to quit, and then you just end up paying this thing that you don't use forever. Well, I'm I'm I got nothing else going on. Yeah. So <laughs> the next time the next time we do a live Paul Concussion event, I will look like Conor McGregor. Yes, we are the same height and weight. <laughs> We're gonna do it on the elliptical machine. <laughs> We're gonna do it our natural habitats. I'll be laying on a bed eating marshmallows, and you will be on the elliptical machine gazelling. <laughs> well, I think that's gonna bring us into. My favorite segment every week, ladies and gentlemen, the worst. The worst. All right, everyone. This is the worst thing I saw or read this week. And uh, there is literally never a time where this is something hard to find. (laughs) There is always something terrible uh, for us to look at this week mine comes from a little site that you might have heard of fox news Ooh. so in case you didn't hear what happened in texas is everything froze the pipes froze the electricity apparently froze the windmills froze everything froze 
Uh, and so one of the leaders of the state, one of the very few statewide representatives, uh, Senator Ted Cruz, also known as uh, that guy you see and you're like, oh, he's a douchebag. The Zodiac killer. That guy. Yeah. You know, his dad killed JFK, etc. Yeah. Um, he decided it was a good time to go to Cancun. Bad idea. <laughs> OK, first of all. Just a bad idea and the rest of your state is freezing to death for you to get on a plane and go to a tropical vacation is a really stupid look. Now, however, Ted Cruz is saying that his wife, Heidi, is, quote, pretty pissed over a leaked text messages on a Cancun trip. The GOP senator landed in hot water after traveling to Cancun while Texas struggled with a daily winter struggled the entire state four like enormous cities in the state all of them were without power and without water like this is like the world war three stuff going on and you just like oh yeah see ya i'm going i'm going to where it's warm i'm gonna go get on a plane uh so ted cruz got mad because someone text i guess his wife was in a text thread and then that got like leaked to the press. she dropped a pen <laughs> yeah so that got leaked to the press. So Cruz said, I will say Heidi's pretty pissed at that uh, on the Ruthless podcast. He said this. She texted some of our neighbors. Now, look, our neighbors, we've got a number of Republicans who are neighbors, but also a number of Democrats. It's a sign of how ridiculously politicized and nasty. Here's a suggestion. Just don't be assholes. Treat each other as human beings. Uh-huh. How about you <laughs> don't go to frickin' Cancun and try to get some money for Texas or maybe fix something like, you know, a senator or a leader is supposed to do. Uh, the, the reaction being that from Ted Cruz, not like, oh, yeah, I screwed up. I probably shouldn't have left. That was pretty dumb. It was like, I can't believe these people are mad at my wife. <laughs> my wife was texting these people if they wanted to go to Cancun. I guess they couldn't afford it, losers. <laughs> Some of our Democrats even. Um, it's insane. That's categorically insane. And people were furious. Um, people that aren't even normally furious at Ted Cruz seem to be pretty furious. Yeah. I think Ted's only way out of this is he goes, look, I was going to Mexico to make sure that the wall stopped snow. <laughs> I want to make sure no more snow got in here. That's why we built the wall. The White snow. Walkers on yeah. the other side. <laughs> Look, we can all agree Ted Cruz looks like Pete Buttigieg if he was Wolverine. <laughs> However, I don't know how you say his name. Buttigieg? <laughs> sure. Mayor Pete. <laughs> Dude, Ted Cruz is a weasel, man. Man, how do you step in it that hard and then double down? Well, he also That's like crazy. threw his fucking kids in. He's like, yeah, my wiener kids wanted to get out of here. Yeah. He's like, there was a text that my house was freezing, all caps. She invited the neighbors to join Cruz on a family trip to the Ritz-Carlton Resort, saying that they'd stayed there many times. They also have a dog named Snowflake, which I find <laughs> great. They hate that dog. They hate that dog. <laughs> they beat the shit out of that dog every <laughs> night. It was like, did you invite them like 
like invite them as in like you were gonna pay for it? I don't think so. I was like, that's probably not what you're doing. I mean, Ted Cruz is not gonna do anything. He's not gonna go and flip the switch on. He's not. He's gonna sit, but at least sit in your cold mansion and have your servants warm your feet up and then yeah. act like you know you're eating a can of beans, Goya beans. <laughs> I, there, there's just a concept of like you are an elected leader. The like the leader stays on the boat when the boat's going down, Dude. right? Isn't that the whole what a point? fantasy? And it's like, no, this guy's on the first freaking plane out of here because he's he's not going to sit through the crap that you guys are sitting through. It's like you're all supposed to. That's be. the fantasy. I know. There's it's, there's 26 airplanes designed to stay in the air during <laughs> nuclear war. Yeah. For, like, all of Washington. Yeah. That's completely true. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they're not in it with you. They're not in it together. No. If you haven't learned that by now. Uh, and the fact that he's doubled down on it, I just find to be, like, one of the most preposterous. Like, the fact he did it is whatever. It's very stupid and ham-handed. But like you said, like, that's kind of what I expect. Dude. The idea that he's, like, mad that the neighbors leaked the text. It's like, of course it leaked yeah. the text. You're an asshole. What do you think? Like, they're sitting in their house freezing to death, and you're out there going to Cancun, and they probably gave God knows how much money to your campaign. Like, come on, man. What do you expect? Doesn't he pretend to be Mexican also? I, I feel con- like he does a little bit. I think he was born in Canada. Yeah. I don't know. The only thing that ever matters is that his wife, like, Donald Trump called his wife ugly and said his dad killed JFK and then he supported everything Donald Trump ever did. It's like a bananas. Like it's all that's all you need to know about that guy's mindset. Oh man. Well, sticking with Fox News, I've got one. The Muppets, the Muppet Show. God, what a just a bastion of my childhood watching the Muppets. Sure, it's the best. Muppet movies, Muppet Show. The Muppet Show specifically I loved. Mm-hmm. Well, the Muppet Show in the year 2021 offensive hmm? Disney Plus is putting a warning before certain episodes of the Muppet show no way this have you have you actually not seen this or heard about they're doing this? what they're putting a, a they're warning censoring it? they're putting they're not censoring it they're okay. putting a warning there's not even like Muppets don't have races they don't even have genders do they I guess Miss Piggy they've got genders Rolf the dog is that a guy? <laughs> well, I haven't checked, but I'm pretty sure that they have. I've never seen Fozzie Bear's genitalia. <laughs> well, I'll show you the next website after this one. Uh, the warning says this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it and spark conversation. To create a more inclusive future together. So if you have any beakers in your family. <laughs> Listen, all you fucking beakers. Well, if you have any dogs that play piano. This has to be because Sam the Eagle is patriotic, right? And they're like, look, we know America's bad. There are a few. They don't give. They say that there are uh, offensive depictions of Native Americans, which I would imagine is probably just an accent. Uh, Middle Eastern and Asian people as well on The Muppet Show. There, the, But the uh, warning also comes up on an episode where Johnny Cash is the musical guest and simply plays in front of a Confederate flag. I, it's from the 70s, yeah, isn't it? you know. What is going on? 
Like what? You really need to warn people? Did anyone see that warning? Like, oh my God, turn it off! There, these <laughs> warnings have existed for a little while. There was um, a, a Looney Tunes uh, DVD that came out, and I think it was from like the the forty, like the late forties. Okay, and it was actually like the the warning was like narrated by Whoopi Goldberg. And she was talking about how there were like racist depictions in it. And it was like very racist, like sure. crazy There's shit. There's some like old Disney stuff that's super yeah, racist. Yeah, I mean, also. Song yeah, of the yeah. South, The yeah, Crows yeah. and Dumbo, yeah. you know, all of Aladdin, which people seem to ignore. <laughs> uh, but you're talking about puppets here. And who's watching The Muppet Show? It's like eight year old kids that don't. Yeah. They, they don't fucking know. Or like 40 something year olds yeah, who are me. just like, yeah, yeah, like going nostalgia route. Like, Oh, what is the warning for? Like, what are you warning? Like, are you really warning people? Well, they're warning. Danger. You <sighs> might see something that might be offensive to someone somewhere. You might see Danger. something that might be offensive to someone somewhere. Yeah. That's that, going to be before everything. The, uh, literally everything. The only <laughs> warning that ever made sense on a television show was jackass because they were saying, <laughs> look, man. It also didn't work because I did all of those stunts. <laughs> jackass was like, look, I know you can physically do all the things we're doing, but please don't staple your nutsack to your leg, okay? <laughs> Disney has also put this warning in front of, I mentioned Dumbo, and I mentioned the Looney Tunes. It is also in front of Aristocats. It is in front of Peter Pan, and it is in front of Swiss Family Robinson. I couldn't tell you one scene from any of those. Maybe Peter Pan. I couldn't tell you what's offensive from any of them. I thought you said aristocrats at first. It was like, well, is there a whole be... documentary, that documentary of that joke that is on, used to be on Comedy Central? Is that on Disney Plus now? That would be a problem. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey doing a 20-minute <laughs> version of the aristocrats. Yeah, so this is where we are uh, as a society. The Muppets are offensive. And obviously, you know, some things don't age as, as well as others. And... I, you know, I really think it's like, are you offended by this or do you just realize that you could be and yeah. you can get a little attention from it? I, yeah, I think it's more like outthinking the other side where it's like, OK, I see where the craziest possible person could find this to be offensive. So instead of, you know, uh, just assuming that they're the outlier and that they are the ones with the problem. We're going to put a warning for literally everyone so that they can look to see if there are problems, try to find the problems. Now we're going to put it that way. Yeah, it is. Uh, we've really hit on both sides of how miserable our uh, political spirit is. <laughs> I believe. Well, that takes us uh, through this episode. This was always a as always, it was a pleasure. Uh, we love doing this podcast. It is uh, one of my favorite hours of the entire week. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. As always, if you have any questions, if you want any merchandise, if there's anything that we can do at all for you, please email polkandkush at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, we got stuff coming out all the time, and we will see you next week right here. Polk. Kush.